Happy Wednesday, Humpback Wednesday. <laughs> praise God, right? Praise God, it's Wednesday, and praise God that we have this um, prayer service, you know. Um, it's so easy to get lost in the world, right? And it's so easy to just be in tune with the world, right? Just imagine you're, if you're working, you're at work for the, at least 40 hours a week, so... Hmm? Oh, okay. Nah, it's okay. I'll just say next. Yeah. All right. So that's why we have to praise God for this wonderful day that we can meet in the middle of the week and really um, learn from Him and hear from Him again, right? And this is the day where we lift our prayers as a church to Him, right? So our corporate um, needs as a church. So I was assigned a topic, and our, my topic is about hope. So the title of our message tonight is Our Living Hope. Right? I really like the song that we just sang. Right? It is in Christ alone. Right? In Christ alone, we find our hope and nobody else. So that's the end of our message. Let us pray. <laughs> All right, so... We'll make this quick, um, but right before that, let us open us in prayer. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for you are the God who is um, almighty, all-powerful, and all-present. Thank you for being in our midst tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just speak to us once again. Use me as your vessel, Lord God, as your instrument to speak to your people. I pray that you will open our hearts and our mind for your message. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will forgive us of our shortcomings, Lord God. Make us holy as you are holy. We love you in your mighty name, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so let's start. 6.55. All right. So I'm going to start with a joke. <laughs> My dad jokes. <laughs> I don't have kids yet, but I have a dad joke ready. So remember Andres? Oh, yeah. Andres... Grew up in a Christian home, so he went to Sunday school, right? So Andres, but Andres was a naughty kid, just like me when I was growing up. The only difference is that I didn't grow up in a Christian home. <laughs> so one day, Andres has been misbehaving. Um, so he was punished by his mom. He was sent to his room, and so Andres was compliant. He knew what to do. It's not his first rodeo. So after a while, he came out of his room, and he told his mom, Mom, I'm sorry, and I already prayed. I'm really sorry. So, you know, Andres is like, knows what to say. So mom was so pleased with him, and she was smiling, and then she gave a little pep talk with Andres. So she told Andres, if you ask God to help you not misbehave, he will help you. But Andres, being the smart kid, he said, he quickly responded, Oh no, Mom, I didn't ask him to help me out, not to misbehave. I asked him that he will help you to put up with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so smart Andres, right? But at least Andres prayed, right? Andres prayed. And as believers, we must also pray. So our prayers has to be aligned with God. So that's why we're here today, because 
we pray for His will, right? Prayer is a vital is vital in our Christian walk because life is not easy. And I said that last Sunday. Life is not easy. There's too many problems. Today, we're hitting recessions, inflations. There's wars in, in Europe, right? natural disasters, shooting in school, to name a few. Right? Sometimes, sometimes I feel like life is languishing. I'm being fancy here. Languishing. That's the word I learned today. So, so languishing means falling to make progress or be successful. Right? So, and I don't think I'm alone on that. A lot of people um, are feeling languishing today. Right? So, and many people today are experiencing discouragement. They're in despair. They're in depression. A lot of people are losing hope. And not just unbelievers, but even believers lose hope sometimes. Right? That's why we have to talk about the living hope today, tonight. Right? So as believers, how can we navigate through these tough times? Right? There is this um, guy named Viktor Frankl. He's an Austrian neurologist. He's a psychiatrist. He's a Holocaust survivor. He shared that prisoners did not live long when they felt or heard that all hope was lost. He said, sudden loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect. So hope is really necessary in life. Have you guys seen the movie To End All Wars? It's an old movie. Um, it's about these soldiers who was held captive by the Japanese during the Second World War. And in that movie, there's a scene where one soldier told his comrade, a man can experience an incredible amount of pain and suffering if he has hope. When he loses his hope, that's when he dies. So that's the line in the movie. So this seems to be the same story we are learning to face today. It only means that hope is not optional, right? But rather, hope is foundational in life, right? That's why in 1 Corinthians 3.13, it reads, next please. Oh, okay. I got switch. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. First Corinthians three thirteen is not there. Thirteen thirteen, sorry. Nope. Okay. So let me read it. In first Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse thirteen, it reads, And now these three remains faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So hope in the Bible is different from but let me remind you that hope in the Bible is different from its everyday use. It is different from what the world thinks of it. Okay? Nowadays, hope is expecting something to happen, but not being entirely sure it will. Right? It is more like a wish. For example, hoping that it doesn't rain or hoping your favorite team wins the championship. 
Or sometimes we say, I hope I win the lottery, right? So, but that's not actually hope. That's actually wishful thinking, right? You know, the, in Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it, hope is defined as to cherish a desire with anticipation or to want something to happen or to be true. So this definition is based on doubt and uncertainty. But the biblical hope is knowing for a fact that the desired outcome will happen. If it's not wishful thinking, it is not wishful thinking, but a confident expectation, right? So did you know that when you say, I hope I win the lottery, here's your odds. It's one in a 176 million. So that's your odds of winning the lottery, right? So don't say hope because it's a wishful thinking. So for us believers, we don't conform to the kind of hope that the world tells us. Amen? And I hope we don't. So Christian hope is different. Christian hope is alive. It is alive in us. Right? John Piper puts it this way. Christian hope is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it will come to pass. Right? That's why furthermore, biblical... Biblical hope takes its foundation from faith, right? So hope and faith are intertwined together, right? So in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it reads, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So it only means that we cannot have one without the other. So the reason why we have hope is because we have faith. Right? So you cannot hope without faith and vice versa. You cannot have faith without hope. Amen? So they're intertwined together. They work hand in hand. You can't, you can't separate them. So how can we as Christians go, navigate through these tough times? How can we? Because world is evil, right? It is not as easy. It's not a walk in the park to live in this world. So tonight we will learn two things. Is that we have to put our hope. It has to be a living hope. And secondly, as we learn that we have a living hope, we have to live, we have to live with great anticipation. And we'll discuss it further. So first one is living hope. So our main text today is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 9. Okay. So what is the meaning of a living hope? And this is what Peter had to say. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable undefiled undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation 
ready to be revealed in the last times. So I want to emphasize in this verse is the word cost us, right? Um, cost us right here. Okay. So what does that mean? It only means that God initiated our relationship with him, right? Our salvation does not, is not anchored in our goodness, right? Or what you have done, but it is because of his great mercy. It says there, his great mercy has caused us to be born again, right? So notice that Peter mentioned born again to a living hope. And this is to describe the believers. So while many people mistakenly think being born again is a religion, it is actually a foundational definition of being renewed or redeemed by God. We are born again, reintroduced, given a new nature to a living hope. Without being born again, with you putting your trust in Jesus, you will never experience living hope. So you will never experience real hope unless you put your trust in Jesus. All right? So that's what living hope is. So even King David, David is an accomplished man, right? He's gone through a lot. They said he's the greatest king of Israel. But even him knew that his goodness his accomplishment cannot save him. In Psalm 33, verse 16 to 17, it reads, No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. So that means if it's today, your Lamborghini and your Porsche and your Ferrari, no matter how much or how many you have of those kind of things, will not give you eternal life, right? You will still be lost, and you still don't have the living hope. So I know as Christians, sometimes we feel like we're nobody. We feel like no one really cares. We go through tough times as Christians, right? It doesn't mean that you became saved all the problems went away. No. Actually, the Bible tells us that we'll be persecuted. So be ready. Right? So, but mind you, in this verse, in the previous verse, it says that it is God who cost us. That means you are chosen, which means you are precious. Despite your failures, your weaknesses, the Bible tells us we're filthy rugs, right? But it didn't matter to God. God has adopted us into his family. God has chosen you. Right? So there is this story of a young girl who was made fun of in school because she's adopted. Yeah. So they, this is, I remember me growing up, we had a, we had a classmate that was adopted. And I, I'm really, I really regret it. And it's embarrassing, but I was the first person that will just like make fun of that girl. <laughs> I'm a bully growing up, and I'm sorry about that, Lord. <laughs> and I know He's forgiven me. 
right? So there is this young woman. So she, she was bullied in school for being adopted. So she told her dad, her adopted dad, and and her dad gave an amazing explanation about her situation. So the dad told her daughter, the dad told her daughter, yes, you are adopted, but you are special because of all the million children I could adopt, I have chosen you. So you are special, right? In the same way, God has chose you, right? God has chosen you. So be glad in it. Rejoice, right? So, <clears throat> so living hope is, as I said earlier, is different from human hope. Why? Another thing is that it's because it is anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? So without Christ's resurrection, we are all hopeless, right? Christ just didn't die. He just didn't live in this world and die. Most importantly, he lived again, all right? So here he resurrected. So our hope is not a fantasy. It is not based on a wishful thinking because it is anchored in the reality of Jesus Christ who died on that cross and lived again, all right? That's why in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, um, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of, Christ, of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable. Amen? So, so this through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we who believe are given a promise of an eternal living hope, right? The inheritance promised to us in being born again is imperishable and defiled and will not fade away, as it says in that verse. So many people put their hope today in riches, in material gains, temporal successes, and and the like, but nothing is permanent in this world, right? Nothing is. If we place our hope on these temporal things, you will just be disappointed. You will be, right? But this hope and promise of great inheritance is reserved and it is protected and will be fully manifested when we meet Jesus again. So no one can take it away from you. That's what it means that it is secured and reserved. So your salvation, nobody can take it away from you. It is secured. So don't, if someone tells you you will lose your salvation because you're not good enough, don't believe that person, right? Because you are secured in the palm of his hand. Amen? So that's why um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it reads, However, as it is written, what no eyes has seen, what no ears has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. So the key there is the, the things God has prepared for those who love him, right? You are guaranteed salvation 
you are guaranteed to spend your eternity in heaven. But I know that life can be difficult here on earth while we live this life. But we look forward, look forward into that, into what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love Jesus? Amen. Then he promised that he has prepared something for you. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful um, promise and that we can cling on and really rely and claim that promise of God? Yeah. This is a picture of what we hope for in Christ. Right? That no, no eyes has seen, no ears has heard, and definitely beyond our greatest imagination. We don't know what he has prepared for you and me. But one thing is for sure, it's going to be beyond your wildest imagination. It is beautiful. And I can't wait for that. Sometimes, you know, when I work five days a week, we <laughs> eight hours a day. And sometimes I ask myself, this is getting really old, Lord. <laughs> it does. Life can get really mundane. That's why we have to live this life about that living hope. Live this life with a living hope, right? So God is amazing. He is truly our living hope. And that's why, as we know that what our living hope is, as we know what our, God, our living hope is, which is our salvation, right? God himself, how will this help us out, right? So that point leads us to our point number two, which is we have to live with great anticipation. We have to live with great anticipation. Why? What does it mean to live with great anticipation? So, as I've said earlier, life here on earth is temporary, right? The Bible tells us that we're just sojourners in this world. We're pilgrims. Everything will pass away, right? As we await to be with Jesus one day, we still have to live our life here, unfortunately, <laughs> right? So, and following Jesus does not mean problem-free, Right? So that's why in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, so in verse 6, 6 and 7, it reads, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which perishes through tested by though tested by fire, may be found in result, to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So because of this living hope right, in Jesus that is in us, he has given it to us, because of the certainty of our future, the Bible tells us that in the meantime, as we live life here on earth, we have to live with great anticipation. Right? That means we have to rejoice even, even with the problems that life presents. Right? So the word hope in the New Testament actually is from a Greek word, elpis. I don't know if I said that right. Or according to strong, Strong's concordance, elpis means expectation, trust, and confidence. It comes from the root word elpo, which means to anticipate with pleasure, 
to anticipate with pleasure and to welcome. So that, that's why we have to live with great anticipation that truly this living hope will one day, we'll get there, right? That one day Jesus, if you're still living, if you're still alive, hopefully, God willing, he will take us with, with him to the place that he has prepared for you and me, right? So, greatly rejoice and, and live with anticipation. Greatly rejoicing and living with anticipation doesn't mean we just rejoice in good times. But even in difficult times, we have to embrace these trials, right? Because trials is not surprising as, the Bible, as what the Bible said distressed by various trials. So it's not just one kind of trial. There's different kinds of trial, right? Sometimes you can get many kinds of trials at once, right? So the Bible says we will be distressed with various trials. So maybe some of us will have physical problems, relationship problems. So that's hard, tough. Or whatever it is, you will face trials. So, but the Bible has an amazing promise that, which it states in this verse, right? Which states in this verse, verse, for a little while, that's the key words, for a little while, which only means it's never forever, right? So our trials is never forever. So whatever you are going through right now, living hope reminds you that the future is far, far better, and it is guaranteed. It is guaranteed. So live with great anticipation. So I want you to tell your, the person next to you, live with great, with great anticipation and wake up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Are you awake? Okay. You know, sometimes um, many, many people think Especially today, with the with the rampant, the prosperity gospel is so rampant, and they're famous because you know who want, who don't want to be successful, right? I just have to trust Jesus, and I'll be good. So why not? That's so um, catchy, and everybody wants that, right? But that's not true, though. But uh, many people think if you're a Christian, you will not be going through trials anymore. You're not going to be sad and that you're just going to be happy all the time and be successful. But that is not true, right? There are times when we are distressed and discouraged as Christians, as we are also human beings and we are in our imperfect bodies. So, but... The thing is, as Christians, we shouldn't be sad, we shouldn't be saddened or be discouraged or be depressed for a long time if we have the right perspective. If you have, if you hold on to the living hope, right? If you live with great anticipation. So that's why. So the certainty of our hope in Jesus, the certainty of our amazing future. In the meantime, we must have the perspective that our future is secured, right? So no matter what 
no matter how difficult your problem is today, always remember that is never forever. It's only in a little while, right? So in 1 Peter 1.7, in this you greatly rejoice. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which perishes through tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? So trials has its purpose. Right? So God allows us to go through trials, and it's okay. Why? Because it is not given for us just for the sake of suffering, right? It is not. It is to test the genuine faith we claim to have, right? That's the purpose of trial. So as it says there, as it says there, like gold being refined, our faith is made stronger in various challenges we face. So it is good. It is for our own benefit, actually. Trials is necessary for our growth. So our character is being refined during tough times, right? Do you say that your character is being refined during good times? Maybe, seldom, right? So what is the result of our testing? Right there. So you greatly rejoice with, with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul, right? So, greatly rejoice with expressible and full of glory. It is for us to be Christ-like, right? So, trials is molding us to be Christ-like. So, embrace that, right? So, in 1 Peter chapter 1, 8-9, right? And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe him, you greatly rejoice with inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. Right? So our trials, when we go through trials and as we grow and we live in anticipation, we bring glory to God. Right? He is pleased with us. Right? So the ability, so in First Peter chapter 1, 8 to 9 shows us that faith and hope go together, right? So the ability to love our Lord is not dependent on our physical eyes, right? It is activated by faith. Because of hope and faith, you can greatly rejoice with inexpressible and full of glory, right? You are able to live with great anticipation. So every time you are distressed and have problems, guys, you must make it a habit to greatly rejoice. So we have to greatly rejoice, even in our problems. When you are tried, grieved, you must recalibrate your mind and make it a habit to be joyful. So it's a matter of perspective, right? So how do you see your trials? Do you see it as a burden? Or do you see it as it is something that God has placed in front of you for you to grow in his relationship with you, right? So God, 
wants us to realize that we can have joy habitually and be joyful because of this living hope. Jesus is coming again. And one day we will meet him and experience the promised inheritance. Right? The promised inheritance. And I can't wait for that. Right? And I hope you can't too. Right? So, and that's what living with great anticipation is all about. Right? It's about really waiting expectantly that God, Jesus, will see you through in these trials, right? And that he will come again, right? This is temporary. But without Jesus, we are lost, right? And without Jesus, we are hopeless. So, and I hope that all of us here today has that relationship with Jesus already, but if you don't have that relationship with Jesus yet, you have, if you haven't made that commitment, that decision to, to accept him as his, your Lord and Savior, then make that commitment now. Make that decision now. Because in Ephesians 2.12, it reads, Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in the world. So that only means we can only, we can only find hope in Jesus and nothing else. If you don't have Jesus, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're hopeless. Truly. So as we live with great anticipation, as we live this with great hope, right? With a living hope. We also have, as believers, we also have responsibility. And that responsibility is to share the gospel, to share the blessed hope, the living hope that is in you to others who are lost, who without hope, right? So we have to be obedient with that because that's one of the most important command Jesus has given us before, before he ascended to heaven, right? So let's live with great anticipation. And that's our message tonight. And let us close in prayer, okay? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have one more thing I have to tell you. So in the world, in the world, people are always longing for hope. Have you ever wondered why we love Marvel movies, superhero movies, maybe Superman, Batman, Iron Man, whatever man it is, people love it, right? Thor is coming out, people will love it, right? So have you ever wondered about that, right? There is always a longing in, in man's heart, in human beings' heart for hope, to find the rescuer, to find the rescuer. We know it deep inside us that, you know, what we do is not enough. No matter how much you deny it, people will deny it that, you know, they're good on their own, but there is always a longing for a rescuer. So despite all of the faults Hollywood have, one thing they keep getting right is longingness, right? They always get that right, longingness. So we all want something to hope for, 
right? That's why we love movies, right? Movies may not point directly to Jesus, but the allusion are present, right? So that's why we love Matrix back in the days, right? Where Neo sacrificed himself to save his buddies and the rest of the world, right? Neo is actually the one. Neo, according to what I read, is referring to Jesus. It is based on the Bible. But that story is based on the Bible. But us, as Christians, we have that living hope. So what we do with that hope, you share it, right? You were given a gift of hope, right? Given the gift of salvation. So what you do now is share it. You're being selfish if you're not sharing it. We are being selfish if we're not sharing it. So that's our, our message today. Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for this day, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on that cross for all of us, Lord God. Thank you for, for the living hope, Lord God, that we can only find in you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus, for your promise that one day you will take us with you and spend the rest of our eternity with you joyfully. And thank you, Jesus, for the promise that you have, that you have prepared a place beyond our wildest imagination. Lord God, I pray now that you will make us obedient to what you have want us to do, to share this living hope to others who need who needs you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your sovereign God. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.